everyone, and welcome back to the podcast. In today's episode, I'll be diving into the world of community organizing. When you want to advocate for something, that usually involves some sort of community organizing. Sometimes it's participating in a fair with a booth or organizing a fundraiser like a 5K or a lunch slash dinner event. In this episode, I'll cover what community organizing I've done, what makes an event effective, and how to start planning. So to start off, I want to say that I've never organized an event by myself. I usually do it with a group of people around me. And I think this is how most community organizing things happen. I mean, usually there's one person leading, but definitely more commonly done by a group and I think it's better to do it with a group honestly because it's a lot of work to try and organize an event and the benefit of a group is that the people in your group have their own connections have their own places to reach out to and places that they know will appreciate um, notice of an event coming up so definitely doing it with a group does have an advantage over doing it by yourself. So examples of events that I've done with a group is um, there was this one conservation trust that I interned for, I was a volunteer for, for a few years, um, and we had this theater that has been in the community since over a hundred years ago. I mean, it was established like a long time ago. And so for this event, me and the group of teens and a few adults that were working with us organized this event and got a speaker. Um, He was kind of like a poem rapper that talked about sustainability and reduce, reuse, recycle, and um, how he has been choosing to live this life of sustainability. His wife even made like a dress out of plastic and it was actually really, really pretty. I've seen people do that before, but it seems really hard to do. So I totally respect anyone who does. Maybe I'll do it in the future. I'm thinking of trying to do that, but I'm not a fashion designer. (laughs) It's going to be pretty hard. So this theater has been a treasured place in our community for over a hundred years. So obviously it was a great place to choose to host an event Um, and it had lots and lots of seats so we know that we can accommodate many people and um, for this event we also wanted to make sure that it was sustainable and the cool thing about this speaker was that he all of his shows were sustainable in that he had like bikes that when you rode the bikes it would conduct the electricity needed for the show. And so us as a group of teens and the few adults were assigning shifts for riding the bicycle and conducting the electricity for the show. So that was a really, really cool, unique concept to the show. Um, Not only did we have an interesting speaker, interesting place to go see the speaker, but we also had a new cool way to harness reusable, sustainable energy into the show. So that was really cool. It brought new people along just to see the bikes, at least, you know? If you weren't motivated by the awesome speaker or the cool place, 
you were definitely intrigued by the way that we were reusing sustainable energy through riding a bike that was connected to a bunch of cords and um, lots of technology that I have no clue how it works, but we did harvest energy by riding the bike. And that story brings out my point of how to make your event captivating, making many, many people want to come, is that using popular places and activities to your advantage. So if you have a treasured place in your community, such as the theater that's been around for more than 100 years, then people are motivated to come just to see the theater again just to support the community. And I think that's a really, really cool idea. If you can find a treasured place in your community, definitely go for that. Another thing is the activities in the event. So popular activities, you say maybe karaoke, uh, playing games with friends, but as far as outdoor opportunities, 5k and 10k runs are really, really interesting, and a lot of people go to them, a lot of people support that, and uh, there's plenty of runners in your community, I'm sure. So, if you want to make your event as effective as possible, sometimes it's great to rent out or ask for permission to find a field somewhere or like a track path outside and host your event there because 5Ks and 10Ks are super marketable. They're If you put a 5K on a poster, people will read it. People will ask what it's for. Um, and honestly, 5K runs aren't too much of a commitment um, for people who run a lot and so that is a great way to facilitate an event and it doesn't have to be only a 5k run there can be booths too um personally i think it's better when the 5k runs or 10k runs have booths around it because then you are able to put out information about your cause you're able to sell snacks or whatever um to the people who are maybe supporting a family member who's running um, and not running themselves. So you have plenty of ways to spread awareness. You have plenty of ways to get your mission out there. So yeah, 5k runs are very effective. So are popular places and activities. Obviously, if your activity is unique, it can go both ways. I think if your activity is too unique and people don't really understand it, I don't think they'll go. But on the other hand, if your activity is unique but well-known, that is a really, really good thing. And I think you should go for that because for me personally, I don't even think I can remember an event that harnessed like a unique activity. Most of the events I've been to have harnessed like a popular activity or place definitely and i think that's a really really safe way to go for sure but if you can find something unique that's also really well known that's good too so the second event i'm going to talk about um is 
my Barnes and Noble book sale event. So, if you guys don't know, um, I published my first book when I was ten years old. I wrote it when I was nine, and to get the word out there that a ten-year-old just wrote a book, um, we did a book sale at Barnes and Noble, and、uh, we did like another one at a different, really. Big library, but、um, that one—I don't really remember that one as much. <laughs> I gotta admit, but the Barnes and Noble one I do remember. I have lots of pictures from, and I'm gonna use this example as a way to prove my point about how to get the word out of your event. So for this book sale, obviously. We highlighted the fact that it was unique because a ten-year-old has written this book.、Um, we targeted our audience, which is parents of younger children who would read this book,、um, and we put posters out. We used all the social media that we could at the time. I didn't have any social media. I think I still had a, like a flip phone at that point. <laughs> But my parents put it out on their social medias: Facebook, Instagram, all of that. And said, "Anyone in the area, please, please come. Even if you're not our target audience, if you're not a parent of a small child, come, because she's going to be selling books.、Um, this book is really cool. If you even have like a second cousin that is around the age, <laughs> come to this event. So yeah, we definitely used all the resources we could to get the word out there that I was doing a book sale." Or a book launch event at Barnes and Noble.、Um, again, a popular place、um, and a unique story. So I think that、uh, combination of things really, really helped、um, the event. And if you can use social media to your advantage, and now more than ever, social media is way more popular than it was. So. Use that to your advantage while planning an event. Even if you're not even done planning yet, hype it up on your social media.、Uh, get your friends involved and say, "Hey, do you know any places that I could host this event for?" And I'm sure you will get ideas. And even if you end up finding one yourself. I think it's a great idea to get your friends brainstorming because then they feel as if they were a part of the event, and then therefore will be more likely to come when the event actually happens. So yeah,、um, throughout the whole process, try and raise awareness on social media, especially when you know the date and all the details. Definitely get it out there, make some posters, put them up, and get your community there. So my last tip. About how to effectively organize a community event is to have information. Obviously, this is a pretty obvious one, but I have been to a lot of events where they took the time to make like bracelets and stuff for the cause. And I think that's great, but they don't take the time to make like posters and aware like get people who are very aware of the subject to come and. Go to their event, or speak at their event, or go behind a booth at their event. I find that a lot of people、um, focus on the free stuff they can take home, which I know 
is effective in some cases. A lot of people love free stuff, but if you're gonna have free stuff, maybe include a fact on there. <laughs> and not just some logo that someone's gonna forget about and it's gonna end up in the trash, especially if you're organizing an event for animals, wildlife, the environment. Keep that in mind because a lot of that free stuff goes right into the trash, especially brochures. Um, I know that's a really easy way to get information out there, but brochures just end up in the trash, um, mostly. Um, and if you don't want them to, maybe you have a creative way for them not to. Maybe it's a bookmark. Maybe it can be used in a different way. Maybe it's a, a cup holder for your reusable water bottle, um, and it has you know, a fact on there or a website on there where you can find more facts. Um, and in the booths, maybe put up some posters, maybe have some creative aspect to the event that people can ask about and the people behind the booth can explain what this poster is about. Maybe a piece of art. What is this art about? Oh, well, it's about the endangered species in Asia. Who knows? But it is a really good idea to get information out there because sometimes if you go to a 5k, you're there to support someone, you don't really know what the cause is about, and you get a lot of free stuff at the end of the day. And maybe that's what people want. But I think the most effective way to run an event is definitely to get information about your cause out there. Um, if it's not through a speaker, maybe that's just not possible in a budget or whatever, but Definitely get your information out there through artwork, through posters, through banners, through reusable objects that can be taken home, cherished, looked at. Maybe someone checks out the website and uh, that causes someone to care about the cause more. Definitely that is the point of the event. So don't lose that motivation when you're looking at free stuff they can take home. Oh, well, you can get this t-shirt nobody's going to use that t-shirt very often. Oh, well, you can have this pen. The pen's going to be lost in the car <laughs> and never used again, you know? And how much information can you fit in a pen? Not much. So yeah, there's my spiel on that. <laughs> Obviously, again, I've never organized an event myself, so I don't know how important certain things are, but I have been a part of a lot of events, and as a person who goes to a lot of events, I think I have a unique view on what's m more important, the free stuff or the stuff that you're going to use, because when I was younger, I used to grab all the free things I could get, but uh, as I grew older, my mom was telling me, don't get all the paper brochures that you're gonna read once and then you're gonna go okay cool in the trash um get the stuff you're gonna actually use maybe it is a pen maybe you know you needed a pen but there's not much information on there so from an event point of view maybe keep that to a minimum before i wrap up this episode i want to summarize what i was talking about today so how to organize a community event. First off, contact community spaces, preferably spaces that are popular 
like the theater that I did an event for. Um, if there is any special place in your community, try and host your event there. Secondly, invite everyone you can and get the word out through social media, through posters, any way you can. And lastly, I guess, make it fun. No one's going to want to come to a boring event, so make it fun. Have some activities for kids there and families. Um, Definitely don't waste your time on all the logistics and forget about the fun of the event. Even if your cause is very sad and needs awareness, I think the best way to do it is to make a fun event and have people come for the fun stuff and stay for the information, for the stories, for the new cool people that they meet. And with that, that's all for today's episode. I hope you enjoyed it. And if you did, please follow the podcast, check out my blog at daretodreamgreen.com and follow at dreamgreenteens and Grace Gone Green on Instagram. Until next time, don't forget to dream green.